0: Will this be the year we finally get to see the aliens? Are we living in an alien invasion movie? According to headlines, it depends on whether a supposed galactic federation decides we are worthy. These ideas and questions are coming at us at light speed, and they often bring along competing mythologies. So as Christians, we should think through how to respond. But more importantly, we should dwell on why these questions come up at all. Why do alien stories fascinate us. We will explore that today.
1: This is Fantastical Truth, the podcast from lorehaven.com, now into our 2021 season. And I'm E. Steamer Burnett, the publisher of Lorehaven, where we find the best of Christian made fantasy, science fiction, and beyond. And then we apply the glories, the beauties, the truths that these stories reflect into the real world that our savior Jesus Christ has called us to serve even in these uncertain times. And I'm Zachary
0: Russell, a writer of science fiction, a consumer of alien stories and a hopeful interstellar traveler. And this is episode 47. Why do some people long for escape to a galactic community? So Stephen, ever since election day, we've all debated what do we think president trump should or should not do and uh, concerning the election which we're not going to go there exactly but meanwhile i'm hoping that before he leaves office he will fulfill a very odd promise he made last year to release the roswell files that's right last year he seemed to promise as such and let's listen in real quick about that
1: so last question before you leave office, will you let us know if there's aliens? Because this is the only thing I really want to know. I, I want to know
0: what's going on. Would you ever open up Roswell and let us know what's really going on there? So many people ask me that question. I yes. know, it sounds almost ridiculous, no, but it's actually it the real question it I want like to know. sounds like a cute question, but it's actually... There are millions and millions of people that want to go there, that want to see it. I won't talk to you about what I know about it, but it's very interesting but Roswell's a very interesting place with a lot of people that would like to know what's going on. So you're saying you may declassify. Oh. You'll, you'll, you'll take it. Well, I'll, I, I'll have to think about that
1: one. Right. Uh, I'll have oh. to think.
0: Okay. There you hear it. He knows something about Roswell and he's going to think about letting us know. So you know what? Maybe that'll happen.
1: Well, it's not going to happen uh, on his Twitter anytime soon, <laughs> or at least as, as of this recording, uh, uh, the, them aliens have pulled the plug on that yeah. particular <laughs> platform for the president.
0: And, you know, you may be wondering, listener, why are we talking about this topic, this kind of side topic instead of like the, you know, the main topic that's going on on all the headlines. You know, there's a lot going on. Uh, you know, should we talk about the big, important things that are going on? well, You know, sometimes we do. Sometimes we discuss the big headlines as they relate to our main topics on this podcast of books, pop culture, and Christian imagination. But you know, we're not the political truth podcast. We're the fantastical truth podcast. So we figure if you want your political news, you've got your places you can find that. And so you're probably here because you want to think and talk about something else, or at least we do. <laughs> but it's why you know Stephen and I ourselves tune into shows like the Sci-Fi Christian Podcast or Talking Beasts, which was great to have uh, Rillian on from the Talking Beasts podcast recently. That was a lot of fun. I want to say something else, a little a little more personal here, Stephen. Our, our country is in a very dangerous place, and it it kind of has been for a little while. And I I really think it's important to sort of de-escalate that. Humor is one way I personally de-escalate a lot of situations. I, I even took a whole class about verbal judo like 15 years ago or something. And and I think that's a very uh underappreciated tactic in these days. And and you know, and personally I grew up in some dicey situations. Humor and things like this, having fun, it, it's just also how I keep perspective on things and kind of keep the darkness at bay. But there's another reason that we talk about things on this podcast like pop culture or sci-fi or aliens today. It's because culture outlasts politics. So all the headlines that are going on today or this week or this year, those are going to be replaced.
1: But the culture we create lasts for generations. Oh, This is appropriate to explore this in the first episode of a new year because when we're talking about culture and things like that, even the terms we use can by accident sound a little highfalutin. We're doing cultural engagement. We're talking about <laughs> high culture. We're talking about low culture. What yes. we're really talking about is human imagination, which is a gift of God, and which, when you're talking about political controversies or seeing them aliens or any of those things, the human imagination is always, 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 always hidden at the back of that. Any of the headlines, the controversies, the... the you know, whatever you call it, the coup attempt, uh, any of those things, imagination is there. Imagination is forming what people do, and lately more people have been acting more on their imaginations, I don't mean that even in a, in a negative way, in ways that we may not have expected. You know, people are giving their imaginations the lead, and they may be imagining something that's going to happen or just something they completely made up. That is the topic for a political podcast. Our interest here on Fantastical Truth, especially for Christians, those who profess to follow Jesus, who have repented and believe in Jesus and want to love him more than their sins and who are therefore forgiven and adopted as sons into Christ's kingdom, the church, already in progress, we need to be aware of the effect of our own imaginations. And fantastic stories shape those imaginations that we have, whether we're speculating about uh, aliens audiences love aliens or exploring these novels these books that we love from christian authors and then we emphasize here along with other great fantastical stories that is why we do what we do at fantastical truth because we think that these episodes are going to age a little bit better frankly ultimately even the eternal scheme than some podcasts that maybe are a little too focused on the here and now Uh, We are interested in the bigger questions of how our imaginations are formed by these stories, by the images that we put in our heads. Zach, we've used the example of Christopher Nolan's uh, 2010 film Inception a few times uh, Mm -hmm. because it's such an evocative image of going into someone's, uh, not just their brain, you know, not just hacking their brain, but hacking their dreams and then constructing a dream world and then either finding out a secret while you're in there sharing dreams with someone or as the title indicates, planting an idea deep in the subconscious, so deep that the person doesn't even know it's there and may think that they came up with it themselves if they think about it at all. That is how God made us though. It's how he made our imaginations to work. And so that's why we do what we do here. And that's, that's kind of a brief apologetic more general apologetic for the for the podcast, for anyone who's decided to try a podcast as part of the New Year's resolution this year. And, you know, we're not an alien podcast, but the topic today is, of course, aliens. Oh, oh yeah, Audiences <laughs> love aliens. <laughs> but first, a word from our sponsor, who is neither an alien nor sharing specifically about aliens. Uh, a really great resource here from Azalea DeBille called fantastic journey the soul of speculative fiction and fantasy adventure check your show notes for the link this is actually a non-fiction book from dynamos press it was published just uh, within the last couple of months or so and this is a this is a resource designed to help fans understand why imaginative fiction is so important uh, she says that the secret of imaginative fiction is vital to our souls. This actually is really complimentary to that old monologue I just did here. I didn't even mean this to happen. She says, if we do not dream, if we do not imagine, we begin to die. Uh, this fantasy genre's guide quotes 70 authors who whirl the reader on a fantastic journey into the imaginative realm of magic and meaning. It's a smart, concise, and thoughtful look at how imaginative fiction impacts readers on three levels. The spiritual arena, the wide world of ideas, and the sphere we breathe in. But the secret lies farther within, she says. There is spiritual meaning in fiction. If a book's dark soul is a false gem brought up from the sea of fantasy, we see shades of human evil and shudder, tossing that book back into the waves it came from. But, she says, if our jewel of fiction glitters unrealistically bright, without a care, we shrug and we say, meh, and the fate of that soul, pages fluttering in the wind, is to lie forgotten. She talks about unveiling the soul of imaginative fiction in the spiritual arena, experiencing the mystery, the beauty, and the adventure, just really good stuff here about the practical value of fiction. I mean, we're just talking about this, even apart from the sponsored segment here, is that fiction helps us to wrap our imaginations around these things. Good fiction, anyway. Great middle grade books, enchanting young adult stories, or standalone adult novels, we bring up select jewels from the deep, she says, and explore mountain troves of speculative fiction for the riches heaped on untold shores. Very exploration metaphor there. I like that. But apparently, also though, she says this resource uh, explores the dangers in the oceans of fantasy. It's not all glittering jewels and wonderful breezes. She says, wherever there is wealth, there is risk. That's a good point to raise, especially for people who want to discern what they read and you know make sure they're not putting harmful ideas into their imaginations or uh, or endorsing any of the harmful ideas we have as part of our sin nature she says how do you choose jewels of fantasy and not counterfeit riches where can you discover the best imaginative fiction for yourself your children and your friends teens to adults discover the elusive secret of imaginative fiction in fantastic journey the soul of speculative fiction and fantasy adventure find that which is the wealth of souls that is from azalea debill a book called fantastic journey the soul of speculative fiction and fantasy adventure Nonfiction about fiction published by dynamos press in november 2020 you can find that at amazon of course check the link for your show notes and i believe we'll have more from her at the lorehaven.com the spec faith side i think uh, in the very near future, possibly the same day that this episode releases in uh, the second week of January.
0: Okay, so here is where we're going to go today. We're going to cover some revelations of a supposed galactic federation, what? And then we're going to talk about the stories that shape our analysis in response to these headlines. And then we're going to look at why is this topic so compelling? Why does it immediately grab headlines whenever... Shows up like I, I was listening to a news program the other day, and the host said, "You know, if it wasn't an election year, I would be talking about this every single day." And that's a pretty mainstream news show. I won't get into that. So we're going to look at the traces of the galactic community here, and this is going to be sort of a two hundred one level episode. So if you want to listen to more of a one hundred one level episode, if if there's like references that we that you don't uh, get or just some terminology you're not familiar with go back to our episode 22 where we first talk about the topic of aliens in the intersection of our government the military and um, kind of where all this has been going the last couple of years also some other podcasts I recommend i'm Stephen, i've really gotten to know this guy named colin samuel uh he's been on a number of podcasts one is the, our, our friends at pop culture quorum deo uh and also there's uh, the cultish podcast they both cover some really in-depth groups like ttsa the to the stars academy and they're the ones that have facilitated the release of these ufo videos that we've all seen and so definitely go check those out we'll link to those okay so first let's get into uh what have been all these headlines that have happened last uh last, what 25 episodes ago since we talked about this a oh, lot yeah. has happened
1: yeah, and if, if we're not careful here, I mean, it could sound like we're saying that like, this is the real news, people. You know, pandemic, Chinese, <laughs> of course it is, <laughs> Trumpism, all those things. Oh, that that's just the cover, you know. If we've seen the memes after the Capitol Hill riots and such, uh, my, I think my favorite so far is uh, either the one that shows the Lego version of the event with uh, with all of these weird personalities being turned into Lego minifigs. Uh, and the the other favorite one just shows the you know the mobs filling uh, you know the halls of Congress, and in the background you see, of course, lurking, uh, holding a, a gilded frame at uh, Nicholas cage uh, oh, yes. mid theft of the Benjamin, of Benjamin Gates. Yep. Yes, exactly. Well, we're not saying this is the real this is the real news. All, all that was meant to cover this up. It's just you know it, it's it's something that is more interesting, <laughs> and then you know, please God, a little less controversial than whatever oh, right. is going on right now. So. Zach, what what galactic federation? Like, did we get their signals? Uh did did we catch someone beaming up at a holding a tricorder? I mean, what what are we talking about here?
0: Yeah, so um so this term comes from a December 10th article, and we I believe we mentioned this briefly in a, a previous episode. The former director of Israel's space program. So it his name is Haim Ashed. He says that the US and Israel have been in contact with the leaders of a intergalactic alien organization for 30 years, uh, and there's some sort of treaty between us and them. There's also a secret underground base on Mars. Now, again, okay, I, I recognize all this sounds. This sounds like very hokey kind of stuff that's in the tabloids at the grocery store, if we still have those. But you know, it's just interesting who this is coming from, right? This is like. The, the head of uh, this space program that they've had for years, years. He's 87 years old. He uh, worked in the defense ministry space division, and he says that President Trump is aware of these aliens, and he was on the verge of disclosing their existence. Hmm. So we kind of backdate this then to what was it that that interview we listened to earlier? That was from Father's Day in June where the president said, yeah, you know, I I know a lot about these things. I'm not really willing to say it right now. Uh, Now, interestingly, President Obama had a similar thing to say, so let's listen to that. UFOs, any UFOs? Did you ask about that? Certainly asked about it. And? Can't tell you, sorry. Okay, all right, I'll take that as a yes. (laughs) Because if there were none, you'd say there was none, right? (laughs) You just played your hand. I thought you were a poker player. You just 100 percent showed your river card. Feel feel free to think that. I do. <laughs> I do. Okay. So yes, we're you can hear Stephen Colbert just, you know, kind of having fun with this. Of of course, we're all kind of having fun with this. So let's let's go into what are the more substantive, I guess you could say. Because obviously this guy is just his, you know, everyone you've heard so far, it's just kind of their word for it. Like, take my word for it. It's, you know, it's there, it's not there. So what has come out? In, uh in, in this time was a report by the debrief. So this is by Tim McMillan, who's done pieces for popular mechanics, a really good investigative reporter, former police officer. And there is a class. So th- this is the real thing here. There is a classified report that's going around the intelligence community. It's uh, I guess it's been produced by the UAPTF, the Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon Task Force that's in the DOD. And which, by the way, that was just given a directive by Congress to produce a a public report within 180 days. So by June, there's going to be apparently this pretty massive report that's going to come out about all this.
1: Which probably means we're going to revisit this topic sometime this summer. Yeah, right yeah. before filmmakers. Yeah, I mean it's not <laughs> a not a set in stone plan here, folks. I can just I can I can see that as a as a highly potential future for us.
0: Yeah. So uh, there's two particular sightings by Navy pilots in these reports. So interestingly, the, these reports were on the DOD's secret network called Cipernet, which if you're following some other news about cybersecurity, SIPRNET was just hacked. That was part of the SolarWinds hack. So that's kind of interesting.
1: And if you're from outside the United States, uh, get lost in the acronyms. Uh, DOD, I believe, stands for our, our Federal Department of Defense. So that's the, that's the Defense Department those are the guys who send all the battleships.
0: Yeah. So according to the debrief, uh, these two reports from this past year and the year before that, they had photos that these pilots took of UFOs from their cockpit using their iPhone. Now, one of them we talked about in a previous episode, and it was supposedly like a cube that was flying through the air. And then they zoomed in on it, but it, it looked not like a cube. It looked like uh, like a Batman balloon, <laughs> like a, like a party balloon. Yeah. We talked so about if, this one a yeah. few, uh,
1: stranger than fantasy fiction uh, segments ago. Right? Yeah. The, 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 the bat, the bat UFO.
0: Well, here, here is uh, here's what the other report contains. This is wild. The other report contained a photo of a gigantic triangular craft that came out of the ocean at a 90 degree angle and flew into outer space and within seconds. Oh, not cool. Yeah, and it's Get uh, out of it, the
1: oceans.
0: <laughs> we need those. Right, so so you know, this is uh if you've seen the movie The Abyss, this is maybe this is where we're headed. It uh so the aircraft or the object uh it was an equilateral triangle with rounded edges, perfectly spherical white lights in each of the three corners. And uh now this photo has not been released, um but there there's mock-ups of it that you you can see in the the article that we've uh, posted the other thing though is that our other like our, our ships our our navy you know battle cruisers or whatever they have detected these objects under the water uh, u- using sonar or whatever it is u- using what's called uh what they call mass int m-a-s-i-n-t but it it's our all of our measurements and signals intelligence is what that stands for so they, they call these fast movers they, they don't know what to call them it says quote on occasion, there are detections made of non-cavitational, extremely fast-moving objects within the ocean. End quote.
1: This messes with my kaiju versus giant mechs, Pacific <laughs> Rim type perception of what monsters come out of the ocean.
0: Yeah. Just looking at this from a technical standpoint, it's interesting because th- this is what they call a transmedium travel. It's something that can go from water to atmosphere to space and not miss a beat. You know, it's not like a seaplane that has to land. Or like a rocket ship with multiple stages um, that then splashes down with a parachute. You know, this is something that can just go through anything,
1: apparently. Uh, Zach, quick sci-fi writer aside here, uh, I too have a sci-fi manuscript on the shelf and uh, a, a person who read it said that a, a vehicle uh, that could travel in you know, quad environments like that uh, mm. seems unrealistic for science fiction. Well, well, well. Look, oh, you yeah. have the last laugh here. Yes. And if the aliens can do it, then why can't uh, the, the protagonists of my, my manuscript?
0: Yeah. Well, in adding to the mystery, the U S Navy has a patent or a triangular UFO, essentially like an anti-gravity uh, aircraft that uses uh some kind of advanced superconductors and a compact fusion reactor. And, th- and this is a real patent that the Navy was awarded by the U.S. Patent Office and actually had to fight for it. The U.S. Patent Office said, oh, surely this isn't real. There's no way the physics in this works. And the chief technology officer basically for the Navy went to bat for this scientist that worked for the Navy and said, no, this is real. Like, this is actually working. And there's a lot of mystery around that. There's been a ton of analysis of that I won't go into. I'll, I'll link to something from the drive. That brings up the possibility okay may, maybe this is some kind of new cold war with another country or a like I my, my theory is a bond villain maybe has something like this so possibly there's some kind of advanced human technology out there, but this classified report okay that's that's circling around the Pentagon says we may be dealing with non-human technology so they are they are just as stumped as we are and that is me the really interesting thing about this like they don't really know what this is so make of that what you will
1: what i make of it is that if we are all so concerned i think often rightfully about the uh the prevailing influence of big tech i would almost prefer then that these crafts these sightings all of this uh all of these modern legends were not non-human activity i'd almost prefer that they were because then that means okay, while we're all distracted by the problems with big tech, somewhere out there on an island with a volcano and rockets and things is bigger tech. Uh, <laughs> that, that's horrifying. You know, it, it's Dr. Doom in Latveria. He's got, right. own, uh, he's got his own technological empire, and it's, uh, we need the Fantastic Four and Spider-Man to go stop him. Uh, this is, uh, this is uh, kind of fun, but also slightly scary to contemplate, uh, especially if it's some kind of human origin.
0: Yeah. And you know, the way that this thing keep, uh, you know, th- these triangular UFOs. Okay. So there, there were reports of these in the nineties in Belgium that the Belgium air force went, went out and had, uh, chased around and the, the police spotted them. So, you know, the, these triangle crafts, even though there's this patent from the Navy from like two years ago, these have been cited by credible sources for a few decades. So, it just makes you really wonder what in the world uh this is with this public report now that congress has ordered the the DOD to release uh Senator Rubio was on the intelligence committee that was part of drafting this and he said a really interesting thing on the news which was i almost hope it's aliens and it's not china or russia that has these things you know you look at the history of this and it's like well yeah if these things are aliens they're they don't seem to be doing anything to you know, they're not blowing up our cities or something and they're not invading and taking people (laughs) off planet or something. They don't see, they're just kind of ignoring us in a lot of ways with this, this photo, this, this Navy pilot took, well, he took a photo and then the guy flew away. It's not like he's, (laughs) it's not like he posed for the photo. Uh, whoever was flying that thing, he's just like, yep, I'm out of here. So they seem kind of (laughs) shy. Well,
1: except for the fact that they are, um, seemingly aware of uh, broad Earth culture-based symbology. I mean, if they're flying around in cubes like the Borg, I mean, that's just that's kind of alien and distant. Like we, like, we don't even care. You know, a cube seems the most efficient shape to us. It really doesn't mean anything. But triangles, triangles are pretty elemental. The pyramids are triangles. Mm. That thing with the mm. eyeball above it that has something to do with Freemasonry and cults and stuff, that's a triangle. Some images of the Trinity in uh, you know the basic Sunday school books, you know, were we'll represented as a triangle. Uh, that that's that's very um kind of very basic to the human conception of reality is some kind of mystic association with the triangle. So now they're flying around in ships shaped like triangles. I think that's kind of dirty pool. Uh, I think it's a little bit passive aggressive and kind of flaunting <laughs> flaunting our own uh, mystic suspicions back at us.
0: Yeah it is definitely not a shape that is natural i guess like an equilateral triangle no so, nor is
1: it neutral like a, like a cube or even like a like a sphere uh, a yeah. triangle is is seems like a taunt
0: right so at the far end of theories about this there is a gentleman named jacques vallet and he was on the joe rogan experience recently which really great interview and he has analyzed you know these kinds of sightings for gosh 50, I want to say like 50 years or something insane. Uh, But he's a very scientific person. Apparently he is doing tests on UFO crash debris. What? Uh, In, at, uh, in Silicon Valley uh, at a major university. And he has said some really weird things though, Stephen. He's, he says there's definitely a nuts and bolts aspect to this, but he, but there's also a consciousness aspect to this. And so maybe these are like, you know some kind of uh physical objects that can manipulate our minds and our perceptions and so of course that he's not a christian but uh, a lot of christians talk about this like see this is all demons this is what we've been saying this is all you know spiritual deception uh but it's the other part of that that he said of like there is absolutely a nuts and bolts aspect to this there's a physical aspect to this and so you know when we start talking about the supernatural realm, well, how, how does that, you know, interact with the physical? How, how does it leave physical traces? I don't know. That's, that's probably a whole other topic.
1: Yeah, and these are all Easter eggs I think will get answered in the New Heavens and New Earth. Uh, for, yeah. for those who are you know, making a beeline to the, uh, the, the information counter <laughs> yeah. in the New Jerusalem, uh, there will probably be a, a whole separate wing uh, for the aliens and uh, human historical mysteries uh, section of those unanswered questions.
0: Well, just to wrap up our first section here some other uh some other headlines I'm just going to breeze through is at the Parks Observatory in Australia it's a gigantic telescope they had it pointed at Proxima Centauri, the closest star to us uh-huh. and they and they detected a narrow band signal at exactly nine hundred and eighty two point zero zero two megahertz, and it lasted for a few hours uh, there didn't seem to be any information in it uh but they It passed through a lot of the automated filters of, you know, just background noise or something. And this is part of the uh, Breakthrough Listen initiative. So you've seen the movie Contact. This is like the successor to that. This is part of SETI, Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence. Anyway, there's a lot of analysis going on of, of that signal right now. And it may actually just be a satellite. Good chance of something like that. But again, it was one of those headlines that got everyone's attention. Maybe this is the Galactic Federation, you know, just saying hi. <laughs> and then the other story, uh, that it, it's, it's not a new story, but there's kind of a new spin on it. A couple of years ago, there was a weird object that flew through our solar system uh, and they called it Oumuamua, which means heavenly messenger. And it was spotted by, uh, some satellite or some, uh, telescopes in Hawaii. And this thing whizzed through our solar system, uh, went around the sun and it, we can tell from the trajectory it came from another star system. And when it left, it actually accelerated and it was a really weird object. It was 10 times longer than it is wide. So it's like a tube or a something, a astrophysicist from Harvard, Dr. Avi Loeb says he thinks that there, there is credible reason to believe that this is space junk or a solar sail or a probe from another civilization out there from the wow. galactic federation. Yeah. So, and, and he's, uh, yeah, he's this very respectable scientist at Harvard. And he's kind of staking his career on this theory. I mean, he, he analyzes it. Okay. He, he doesn't just like buy into it, but he's taking a very serious look and he kind of makes this point. he's like, why not use our imaginations? Why not consider interesting possibilities, even if it's just a rock? Uh, but he even says, he's like, why should we assume everything is rocks? <laughs> So, you know, the, these are the, uh, what is this? What is that line and Tenet? Uh, these are the detrius of a coming war. Uh, you know, the, these are the detrius of a intergalactic civilization that's out there. Maybe. Of course, that's how you, you, could, you could connect all the dots that way. Of course, we can talk about the monolith. So we're not going to go there. But, you know, it's just interesting to me, Stephen, just how many more serious people are talking about this? Okay. Like all these people I've named. These are not kooks that are on the, you know, tabloids all the time, or they're they're not hosting seminars about how you can contact aliens for, you know, low, low payment of $4.99 or whatever. Um, These aren't hoaxers. These are very serious people. And especially going back to the the Pentagon people. So this brings us kind of to our next section here. There, There is something about the stories that we consume or the stories that we tell ourselves that that really I think inform a lot of the ways that we respond to these categories. You know, obviously we we've, we've all seen uh, the stories of the you know the proverbial hillbilly who is abducted by aliens. We think, okay, only crazy hillbillies see these you know UFOs. But we've all been exposed in some ways to some different stories that uh, sort of inform our views here. So we've mentioned a lot of pop culture stories. But here's what I did, Stephen. I made a list of every alien invasion <laughs> type of uh, uh, movie or TV show or book. And this is way too long of a list to recite. But you listed on the them
1: all. Yeah. Wow. Now yeah, know so I know how you spent your Christmas vacation.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I'm up, you to do like, you, brother. Yeah, I'm up to like 67 different stories I can think of. And, you know, and some of these are ones that uh, th- these are like any kind of alien contact story. Okay. So even ones that you've read, like the, the Ransom Trilogy, okay, or Star Trek, or even Avengers, you know, or Thor. You know, these are alien invasion movies, if you think about it. Some classic ones we all know, like Independence Day, maybe some less common ones like Falling Skies, the TV show, or Colony, I really liked Colony. Some more independent ones like Monsters, or let's see, Annihilation, Attack the Block. And, And here's the interesting thing. I put these in three categories: hostile aliens, friendly aliens, and then sort of other like ambivalent, neutral, uninterested aliens, whatever this can you guess which category is is bigger yeah yeah it, it it's the first category right that that's most of the movies that are out there and and I mean, look, I'm sure I've not seen them all or read all the books, but most of them are in this category, like like sixty percent of the stories I could think of are in this. Uh, this sort of like dark category of like, uh oh, aliens are going to come kill us. Uh, yeah. Hey, even man of steel, right? That's one of our, that's my favorite DC movie. And we've talked a lot about that. Oh yes. Oh yes. Yeah. That's, I mean, well, I guess you do have the alien that comes to save us. He's there is a friendly alien in there, <laughs> you know, and then in this friendly category, I can only think of like nine or 10 movies where, where aliens are not simply that they're friendly, but they are, uh, trying to help us. So I mentioned contact, you know, they're reaching out to us to induct us into this galactic community or the abyss. Like we stumble upon them, you know, in the eighties and under the ocean. And then they're like, okay, I guess we'll show ourselves now and help you in the cold war and get rid of all the nukes. And, you know, to an extent, star Trek, star Trek, first contact where the Vulcans come here. And they, uh, of course the board comes at the same time. But the Vulcans come and bring us into the Galactic Federation. So, (laughs) I mentioned earlier that these all these alien encounters our pilots and so forth are having doesn't really fit either of these categories. You know, these triangle UFOs are not zipping up to the fighter jet and saying, "Hey, by the way, I'd like to tell you about our Savior and Lord," you know, Uthantu or something, Uh, and they're not also blowing up our our fighter jets. Thank goodness. They're kind of not interested, and so I started thinking of movies in this category Stephen have you let me see if you've seen any of these uh have you seen District Nine Super eight?
1: I have not seen either of those
0: okay, so that that's th- these are stories where aliens have come here, but they're sort of victims to us which I think that wasn't that like C.S. Lewis's theory at one point that maybe God is keeping the aliens away because we didn't them or something.
1: Well, Yes. Yeah, so the idea in the, in the ransom trilogy slash cosmic trilogy slash space trilogy is that, uh, other spheres in the universe are governed by these, uh, angelic type archons called uh, the, the, the And these are, these are inhuman creatures. They're not aliens. They, they are angelic warriors, guardians of these other worlds. Uh, roughly equal to uh, the greek perceptions of like venus or uh, or mars and these other planets may have their issues and other stories going on but they're entirely separate from the inverted story of god's activity on earth uh, which is ruled by the bent one uh, in lewis's uh, you know fantastic uh, reimagining of you know the gospel here as applied to earth and other planets uh, earth is the only planet that has gone off the grid uh, uh, that is why uh, the first book is called Out of the Silent Planet. Silent Planet is, spoiler alert, Earth, uh, because no one's sure what's going on with Earth. You know, Mars is like kind of just plugging along, but isn't especially affected by evil. Uh, and if uh, people from Earth land there, then we've got trouble. And how much more so uh, with uh, with uh, Paralandra, the, a.k.a. Venus. Something has gone on in the past. And this planet, in Lewis's Reckoning, And uh, there's almost a new Genesis type scenario here, uh, apparently after some backstory with another world and God just wipes it out and starts over all fantasy, of course. uh, But yeah, that's, that's the idea is that earth is the only really problematic planet, uh, at least at at the time of Lewis's uh, picks up the story. It's because of the humans, humans are the worst. Well, (laughs) you know, there's a problem when we go too far in that direction, you know, as if humans are the uniquely worst, you know, and if we just, you know, all died off and, you know, let the mastodon take over, then the world would somehow be a better place. You know, humans are the worst, but because we were created to be the highest, uh, we are created to be the stewards of God's creation, you know, regents in a royal calling acting on behalf of God. Uh, When Adam and Eve rejected the parameters of that role and decided to do it their own way, then they fell hard. So yes, humans are the worst, but precisely because we were created to be the best. And in Christ, Mm -hmm. humans do become the best of God's creation. According to God's design, not according to our own uh, uh, self sense of importance.
0: Well, you know, here and here's a common theme I notice in all these alien movies. So even so between the hostile aliens or the friendly aliens come to save us, there's a very common thread between those, which is humans are so important. You know, humans are the best, and uh, we got to save the humans from the aliens, or the aliens have come here to save us because we're awesome. Or because we you know, because we're so important that they would they would notice us and they would they would love us and come here and help us. But it's this third category that, that really unnerves us. The uh C.S. Lewis's uh space trilogy where it's like, Oh, you know, there's aliens and and they kind of didn't know we were there, and boy, we we really come cause problems, or uh District Nine, which is where aliens land in Johannesburg, and then basically there's a new apartheid. <laughs> And they're sort of kept in this like uh refugee camp, you know, and, and, and discriminated against or just other movies where we come across like alien technology and, and, you know, mess everything up once we find it like Stargate or sphere or, um, or whatever, these kind of stories actually seem to fit the events that we're seeing in, in the real world, which is that whatever these objects are, they don't think we're that important. That almost hurts our pride a little bit. But here's what I want to do too. I don't want to just talk about popular culture. I want to talk about the other stories we tell ourselves that sort of inform our views about all this. So when we look in history, what are the two classic themes of one civilization meeting another one? There's explorers where it's friendly. Let's help each other out. Or there's invaders. <laughs> and And we tend to kind of latch onto one of those
1: stories, right? Well, especially if you want to go out and shoot something with guns and you know, be viewed as a hero either in a right. video game or a movie or whatever you know aliens are not humans you don't have to deal with the moral implications as much if they don't have a human face you can blow them away uh, just like robots in the simulator level it's <laughs> all of the fun of violence but uh, fewer of the moral quandaries or so we'd like to tell ourselves
0: you know there was an article in uh i think years ago that talked about why we love zombie stories it's because hey we get to shoot people except eh, they're not really people anymore so you get that sort of uh clear conscience about it you know the other stories we tell ourselves though are just the story of cynicism well of course the government is lying to us you know of course they're covering up the aliens because you can't trust the government and uh and of course there's a secret society that's running everything and everyone's you know lizard people because you can't trust anyone man, we are all time lows of trust in government. And so it, it's no wonder that alien stories are so popular. Cause it's like, I, I want there to be some other government out there. Then there's the story of, uh, what I call the story of insignificance that well, of course there's aliens because eh, humans are nothing special. We're just one of many, uh, habitable planets in this galaxy that's full of, you know, civilizations. And we're just one more civilization. And It's just a matter of time before we discover them. And side note, we may actually discover some things this year from the James Webb Telescope, uh, from the test satellite. Who knows what we're going to discover? But it's just interesting to me, Stephen, that people have already kind of made these conclusions about what we will find based on what they think about humanity. Then the third category is what I say is is the opposite of that is specialness. You know, humans are so special that aliens have come here. It to study us, or to help us, or to help evolve us, and um, I mentioned earlier that uh, to the Stars Academy. Well, they they put out these books, uh, fiction and nonfiction, called Secret Machines, that all along through thousands of years, the aliens have kind of been the hidden gods that have either helped us or manipulated us. You know, we are so important to them that they have this very hidden, complicated agenda. And they're giving us their technology, you know. It, and this is what I talked about in the intro, that there's like this competing mythology about what these UFOs and what aliens are. And of course, you know, we're the, we're a Christian podcast. The Bible shapes what we think about all this and what we think, and the ultimate destination of humanity and galaxy and the the Earth is. And Stephen, you and I may even come to different conclusions about what UFOs are if there are aliens. But, you know, I, I'm just so interested in how in all these stories that we tell ourselves in culture, in our popular culture, and just in everyday conversations. And to me that all of these stories kind of affect why these headlines go to the number one spot on Twitter trending for days uh, or why, like that guy in the news is like, I would talk about this every day if there wasn't an election happening. So what are your thoughts about, you know, that these kind of. Underground stories that sort of morph all this together. Well,
1: a few, a few thoughts, and I think my position on this, if you could call it that, could be summarized by a sort of cautious agnosticism. I don't spend a lot of time on UFO Twitter. Increasingly, I try to spend as little time as possible on on, you know, on Twitter, Twitter altogether. Why? <laughs> I'm mainly going there, you know, just to kind of keep up with, okay, what's going on with you know some of the disputes in the you know Christian pundit world or Ah, uh, the disputes in in certain fandom worlds, and particularly that makes that platform fun for me, but I recognize the limits of it, and I also recognize the fact that you know it it can be very much a forum for spreading unsubstantiated rumors, and sure. several other harmful or even you know, sinful ideas can can be spread about on there. so it's not just a knock on Twitter, it's just uh, Twitter reflects human nature, uh, and a lot of the Explorations, suspicions, theorizings about the aliens, do like human nature. Like, I'm, I'm human. I have a human nature and you know, I'm not distant from this. Uh, I'm not some scholar about this. I don't consider myself a skeptic, really, just kind of agnostic. You know, like, well, what has this to do with me? It's a little bit more of the Sherlock Holmes brain addict philosophy. You know, for me, I suppose if you pinned me down, then, you know, keeping up with like you know dc movie news or something like that that really is kind of clutter in the brain attic you know does it help me do my job well actually with Lorehaven like yeah it kind of does you know because these are you know this is a fan community it's it's wonderful and interesting to see how people react to stories like this which you know helps me understanding you know human nature and my quest to understand human nature and all that uh, so I, I guess that does that does affect what I do, you know, but UFOs, not so much, you know, so Zach, that's why, you know, you're more interested in in this uh, than, than I am, you know, that's, it does help you do your job. It's what you write about. And it's what a lot of people are interested in. So I want to respect that. At the same time, my cautious, um, agnosticism, I, I, I was hearing you, you know, even review, you know, the fact that there's some serious people, serious scientists, you know, a guy from Harvard, a guy from the air force, you know, who are talking about the possible you know, superhuman or even inhuman origin of some of these weird-looking technologies that have been spotted and photographed and whatnot, and I realized, kind of in the moment, that the the seriousness of that was rolling off me very naturally. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I was brooking no regard for the fact that so and so has a series of letters after his name, or you know, is the sergeant at arms, or you know, a five-star general, um, because and this is very populist or very anti elitist to say, and I want to respect the accomplishments that people have and the systems that we've put together to reflect the accomplishment, the experiences of you know trained uh, academic scholars or you know military commanders at the same time, even very accomplished, smart people, the smartest people in the world believe weird, silly things mm-hmm. um, we've got the highest of the high you know the top scholars saying absolutely over the top invert the universe ridiculous things like men can turn into women through the power of wishing literally there are now you know legislations that have been proposed and regulations and all that that are repeating this complete pseudoscience it's it's flat earth stuff and smart people who reflect the image of god in what they do who reflect a lot of common grace are buying into this so at least automatically, I'm not impressed when a five-star general or Dr. What's-It from Harvard or Yale says there might be aliens among us. like Because people are people. Human nature is going to human nature. And especially if you go further and further into a professional or academic environment or even a military environment uh, where it's emphasizing a materialistic view of the world, a hyper-pragmatic or practical view of the world, That sense of the numinous, what C.S. Lewis called that, that that faint suspicion, uh, that kind of that prickle up the back of your neck that, uh, you know, could happen if someone earnestly tells you there's a ghost in the next. room, And you get what Lewis called the sense of the numinous. There's an unknown out there. If people are going further and further into their careers, academia or whatever, and they are suppressing that very natural human impulse that's the sense of the numinous, then it's got to go somewhere. It has got to go somewhere. It's going to go into some kind of, you know, occult suspicions that you've smothered deep down. Uh, I I cited Sherlock Holmes earlier. His creator, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, was famously known as, like, a secret believer in occult stuff. Actually, I don't think it was that secret. Eventually, he was, you know, he believed that there were actually fairies out there. He bought, as I remember correctly, he bought into a hoax where someone claimed to have photographed pixies dancing about their garden. Smart people believe really unsmart things. So that was, I guess, my first reaction when you were saying, okay, this is serious people saying this is like I actually I don't take them any more seriously than I would, you know, the the uncredible guy who says that he was abducted. You know, I honestly would take them at about the same level of seriousness, rightly or wrongly, that's my response. And it does occur to me after all that the wildest events in scripture, uh the resurrection of Christ, you know, the birth of Christ were first announced to the people that others would not take seriously almost by design so uh it's another reminder that sometimes the gospel or the truth will frustrate the wisdom of the wise and it will be revealed to infants and children uh just just a general application there is i think just take it about as seriously these claims no matter who's making them as seriously as you would take anybody else you know uh, just because they got some letters after their name or are at the top of their game academically or in the military Really, when it comes down to stuff like this, the Bible should be the authority, not the very serious person.
0: Well, and and that's what actually quite a few people have observed. They're like, maybe it's not that aliens exist and UFOs are visiting us. That's the truth. Maybe the truth is that a lot more people have been tricked into believing that for one reason or another. And, you know, people that should know better. Like I, I've seen that very much be talked about. Because the reality is, you know, despite all these intelligence reports, photographs, what have you, there really is nothing that we can go visit in a museum, (laughs) or there's not some alien visitor center where we can see for ourselves. There's not conclusive proof of any of this. And 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 by the way, for my friends on UFO Twitter. I I, I'm not talking about, about any of you guys because this is something everyone talks about there, which is that, you know, disclosure is always next week or next year or something like that. Like there is no, you know, official word or official conclusion about any of this. And, and that's kind of what I was mentioning earlier is that these UFO encounters, uh, the UFOs don't really seem that interested in us and they just kind of leave. You know, they don't stay here and then make themselves known to everyone. And it's so, it's
1: got to be a blow to the human ego. Yeah. It's got exactly. to be a terrific strike against our sense <laughs> of centrality in the universe. <laughs> right. so, some, you know, secularists or, you know, new agers or whatever you want to call them would turn that into, well, we're not important at all. You know, therefore treat marriage however you want or, you know, abandon your family. You know, it's all about the materialism. Like, well, that's not true either. You know, humans are central to God's plan, but God's glory is the goal of humanity. And that, that's why we matter, not because we matter all on our own.
0: Well, and, you know, I've talked about how the stories that we consume really shape us. And certainly we've had more and more and more of alien and sci-fi shows and movies, and books in the last, you know, every year more of those come out. And so, of course, that's going to have some effect on how we perceive these things. But, you know, getting to our last uh, segment here, I, I think there is a deeper reason why these stories captivate even the smart people, and even the, just the broader public, it's because it taps into some very primal uh, desires that we have. And, but in Hebrews 11, there's this great verse that says, These all died in faith, although they had not received the things that were promised. But they saw them from a distance, greeted them, and confessed that they were foreigners and temporary residents on the earth. Now those who say such things make it clear that they are seeking a homeland if they were thinking about where they came from, they would have had an opportunity to return. But now they desire a better place, a heavenly one. Okay, so stop right there. This could be the prologue of a of an alien book or something like that. But let's finish the passage. It says, therefore, God is not ashamed to call, to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. And in ESV, I, I like this a little better, even though I'm not an ESV reader. It says, but as it is, they desire a better country. That is a heavenly one. And so what, what I'm trying to get at here is this desire for a better country for a heavenly city. This is a deep longing of humanity. That's that we've had forever. And I I think everyone has this longing because it tells us, Hey, maybe there's somewhere better to live. Uh, And we've talked about this. You know, we've talked about the new heavens and the new earth. There is going to be somewhere better to live. Right.
1: Well, we may get to go to outer space as we speculated about in our Epic Resurrection series in the spring of 2020. But yeah, earth is our home. If you don't like it here, then that is because it is at the wrong time. Uh, Earth now groans. It longs to be set free from the bondage of decay brought about by human sin and rebellion, the distortion of our stewardship role on earth. But, you shouldn't be trying to get away from earth you know whether you're a christian longing for the rapture or you know a secularist uh, longing just to be you know dead and get it over with like either way it can be seen as a suicidal impulse which is not of god it's not who you were created to be as a person you were created to live forever on this planet at least starting out and eventually that longing for a better country will be fulfilled for those who are in christ because god will bring the better country here transform the place whether there will then be life on other planets, whether it's human colonies or plants or animals. I'm kind of ruling out the whole sentient life there because I believe it does mess with the biblical view of the universe. But either way, Earth is going to be the capital of the new heavens and new Earth. It's kind of there in the name.
0: Yeah. And, you know, there's another desire mixed up in all this is that there's going to be someone Uh, that can save us and give us all the answers, solve all our problems. Or maybe there's some other being out there that's going to kill us and, you know, make us pay. And, you know, and that makes us uh, look very closely and we, we pay, you know, that it's that human instinct of when we see a threat, we, we pay very careful attention to what it is. And so perhaps that's why, because we've, again, we've had, like I counted up 41 alien movies I've seen where the aliens come to kill us all. And so that's part of what makes us pay attention to it. It's that survival instinct. And and certainly, you know, there's some echoes of revelation in some of this. Like I, I've talked about before, like, look, if I don't know, but if, if there really are aliens out there, maybe that's what God is going to use in Revelation nine, like the, the star that falls to the earth. And then these creatures come out and just torment everyone, wipe people out. Okay. Maybe that's an alien spaceship. I, I don't know, It it's more likely to be something supernatural or, okay, it could be something symbolic, I guess. But th- the point is that, um, as we talked about earlier, you know, this, this idea of humans are the worst and that's half true. You know, th- there is a big problem of sin and we feel like there is no solution within humanity or on this earth. And so th- this is kind of what I was getting at just to go full circle with the intro is that alien stories fascinate us because there's something true about it, which is that we need a new planet and we need a new humanity uh, because what we have now ain't going to cut it and we can't seem to fix it. So something else needs to come fix it. And so look, my point is to your friend that really buys into this stuff. and, And, and I'll just say to my friends on UFO Twitter, look, I'm fascinated by this stuff and I don't know exactly what to think of all of it, but I think at the end of the day, it's pointing us to something that we can know and and, uh, someone that we can know, which is Jesus Christ. He is the fulfillment of these longings. And so I love these stories because of how it points us to him.
1: And I think that in response to our own title about that longing for a galactic community of a federation, you know, I, (laughs) <laughs> a, a, a overall, uh, benevolent, you know, a, a group of allied planets that, uh, you know, share resources and explore and share knowledge and all of that. I actually think that that is not just an indirect, uh, you know, reflection of human longing that'll, that'll be fulfilled by Jesus in some abstract, difficult to define spiritual way. Like I, there's nothing in scripture and there's a few indications in scripture that, that would support the idea that that could happen literally. I I think that this could happen literally. Why else are all those stars and planets there if they are not one day, you know, maybe millions of years from now, after the Lord's return and the renewal of all the universe for his glory? When Jesus puts all those things, all things that God has created under his feet, that's a direct promise of scripture. Metaphorically, Christ is going to be ruling these things no exceptions whatsoever no spiritual rule from a distance or however else christians describe it it will be actual and completely fulfilled at that point why would christ not then say go play build some spaceships you know here i don't know if he'll give the blueprints or whatever but i think that this could happen literally this is not an attempt to be cute this is not an attempt to be relevant and relate the gospel to science fiction I I think that this could actually be one of the little Easter eggs of the human story that's been existing alongside uh, in our groaning Earth all along. And I think then that if you want to have a galactic community someday, your best chance of that is not to imagine a materialistic world, is not to just let these longings continue unabated or or, you know, buy into Idols, what the Bible would call idols, in an attempt to fulfill the longing. The idols not going to fulfill you. Uh, For one thing, even if you are right and the world is materialistic, uh, you're at the wrong point in human history. We are not getting warp drive before most people listening to this die, Uh, and even then, like we're not going to have a galactic federation. That's not for another multiple centuries. Even if you assume you know humanism, I think the best chance then you have for that longing is to put it to death. Jesus matters more than a galactic community. Like anything good that we associate with that imagination, the fulfillment of that can only be in Jesus. And if there is a Federation someday, guess who is the lifetime Federation King? I don't think it's going to be some Starfleet Admiral who gets uh, corrupted by changelings or parasites or anything like that. It is going to be King Jesus, undisputed lifetime eternal monarch of the universe that he made and it's going to be wonderful, and it's going to be glorious.
0: Well, and that certainly sounds better than the awkward spandex uniforms that we would otherwise have to wear.
1: Well, because this has been an extended exploration of a very popular topic, uh, we're going to forego some deep dives into any uh, fan feedback at this time. Uh, Look for that, uh, hopefully, in our next episode on Fantastical Truth. However, do share this podcast. Uh, hopefully then, uh, I mean, it would love to think that the, the new year 2021 allows people to get back into their routines. We've heard from several people who listen to an episode here or there, uh, but then they say, you know, I, I just don't have much time to listen to podcasts anymore because I'm not commuting as much. No, I'm, my job allows me to work from home. So it's a commute from the bedroom to the home office. If you're getting back in a podcast, do share this one. Fantastical Truth. You can find it anywhere. And you can also follow Lorehaven at lorehaven.com. Big changes to the site uh, this month, as uh, we've mentioned before. Uh, We're de-emphasizing the role of a a quarterly publication. Uh, Print resources kind of got stretched to the breaking point because of the pandemic. So we are going all digital and monthly at lorehaven.com. Everything is open (laughs) for reading, for exploration. Weekly reviews, monthly articles and frequent news posts as well Uh, we started doing those uh, just last week uh, after the new year's day in january and we've had a lot to share there so go have a browse comment whatever you wish to do Uh, we would love to connect with you and send us your thoughts about aliens audiences love aliens ufos the longing for a galactic community any of those things you can email uh, podcast at lorehaven.com or use the Fantastic Feedback form, which uh, should display right at the end of the show notes for this episode at lorehaven.com podcast. Next on Fantastical Truth, we're going to look back over the year 2020, as we did in the early part of 2020 itself for 2019. This time we're going to put 2020 into our examination and see what are the top uh, articles uh, that we ran at, uh, at the Lorehaven network of sites Uh, What are the top Christian fan stories as well of the year? Don't know if that'll be a top 10 or just a top seven, however many we find that seem to be worth uh, some exploration. We're going to explore all of those and then uh, hopefully view those in the light of this world that Jesus Christ has created us to serve. Meanwhile, whether or not you believe in aliens, whether they are invaders or benign or some kind of, you know, benevolent force sent to help us, make sure that you subject all of those beliefs, uh, not to the words of experts, not to the words of, you know, serious uh, generals or academic scholars, but to the word of God alone, as we continue to seek and find his fantastical truth.